Todd Mack. And I'm Joe Dorowski. We're the hosts of the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we discuss a great character in a great story. If you listen to us, your fancy will be tickled. And your thoughts will be provoked. One reviewer described us as fanboys with PhDs. Our discussions cast a wide net, alternating between TV, comics, films, and novels. In one episode, we may discuss a Spanish telenovela, and the next week, an American superhero comic. That was January 2016. Or one week, we might discuss a Japanese manga, and the following week, a Jane Austen novel. That was October 2016. Check out the Protagonist Podcast. Great characters and great stories. Everybody, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 1990 live-action Turtles movie one Foot Clan hood bestowing minute at a time. I am your host Scott Tofty. It is now uh, more than a half hour into this movie. We are minute 36 through 40 this week. Joining me, as always, are hosts Chris O'Connor, hey, and Rachel Gatlin, hello, and Adam Sheehan, howdy. Uh, and with us this week, very special guest host, Mr. Jonathan Carlisle. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing all right. We're pretty awesome. stoked that uh, we are getting so far into this movie, and we're, we're, we're getting to some of the really good parts now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for this week. So, Jonathan, you come to us from the Princess Bride Minute, right? That is correct. Cool. Uh, and, and where do we find that? podcast which i told you before we started recording i am incredibly jealous that you get to do (laughs) (laughs) um we do have a website it is theprincessbrideminute.com pretty simple um and from there you can find everything but we are we are on twitter we are on facebook um and you can find us all through the website the podcast is there everything is there so awesome do you host that uh do you co-host for that yep uh steve lasto and he was the one that actually announced it and, and started it, and he was very gracious to to let me join him. So, oh, so exciting! We're having a good time. We're about halfway through the movie at this point. Awesome! It's a shame that you guys don't get like. I mean, it's not a shame because that movie doesn't want a sequel. Like, you should never make a sequel to that movie. But it would be awesome if you could do more than just one movie with that. Are you guys gonna like do the book? You should do the book. Oh, <laughs> can you, like, no. can one you do the Princess Minute? Page. <laughs> One like, page at a time. Princess Bride chapter. Or do it by, do yeah. it by minute again, but with people with vastly different reading speeds, just to confuse them. Uh. <laughs> so, so fun story. One of the English teachers at the school I work at, in order to teach satire, uh, often uses the shooting script of Princess Bride nice. as an example and does like a read aloud in class. And I'm constantly trying to make time in my day to go read lines with her students. Like, she'll always be like, can you get out of a class and come read? And I'm like, I'll try as hard as I can. <laughs> yeah, that's you want to nice. be, you want to be Peter Falk, don't you? I want to be everyone. I really <laughs> enjoy being Vizzini. I love doing the Vizzini lines from memory and the kids nice. are like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, it's probably good. Not, it's probably good to reference the movie and not the book. Cause, uh, the, the book does have some language that, that, uh, people may not be so thrilled about. Yeah, I love that. That is probably my favorite book of all time. After reading that, I was like, I there's almost no reason to ever read again. This book was perfect. <laughs> don't say that. Kids, Just burn don't all your other books. Kids, don't listen to this man. Yeah. He's a bad teacher. Bad. That's why you don't teach <laughs> English. A, that's why I don't teach English. You're absolutely right. Read but we are here talking about 
We are here talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is sadly underrepresented in literary form. Amphibians mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. literature. Yes. Um, Jonathan, how did you get into Ninja Turtles? Oh, that is... I, I had a friend that worked in a comic book shop in our, our local town here, and I would hang out there all the time, and we actually had another friend, so it was kind of a trio of us that that it was the other friend that was really into Turtles. Um, I really didn't read too many of the comics, but I did own one. I had the the uh, the book four. That's all I knew that it was called. I didn't know what it was referencing from, but uh, I've had that for years. And then when I heard you guys were starting and that I might be guesting, then I went on eBay and bought books one, two, and three. So I had a you know had a clue what I was reading. But uh, and these are the the classic Eastman and Laird yeah. collected editions, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, but. But I did get into the cartoons. That was pretty easy to get into, and and I guess I had some of the toys. Um, but so wait, are you are you telling me you got into the comic books first? Uh, a little. I had I had exposure to the comic books. I'll say that. Wow. Hmm. I think you're the first guest that we've had that has been you know initially introduced through the comic books. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, impressive. This this movie coming out was was a, even though I hadn't read many of the comic books, like this movie was a big deal coming out. So when how old were you when this movie came out in 1990? Uh, I would have been about 11 or 12. Oh, so you're a few years older than we are. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes more sense now. <laughs> so far, most of our guests have been like we were born in 84, 85. Yeah, and uh, most of the guests have been exposed to the TV show first. So it, I suppose, it shouldn't surprise me that some of our you know fans that were around more of the 80s uh, got the comic books too. Interesting. Um, so what happened when this movie came out? You said it was a big deal for you. Did you go see it right away? I th- like in I th- theaters? Did you get to see it in theaters and all that fun stuff? I think so. I know I saw the second one in the theaters. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, that was we were reaching the Don't ages where uh, you know we we definitely <laughs> went to see like Turtles and uh, what was there was Space Invaders was a movie we went and saw. Oh but... man, I remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to remember that movie. I have no recollection of that movie. I think that movie was, uh, oh no, there was a different Unnecessary Roughness. That one was PG-13, and some of us at the birthday party weren't 13, so. And, oh. And we, were ju- we just went as our group, so. we were Back when that sort of thing mattered. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, welcome aboard. We are happy to have you. I'm very interested to hear your uh, unique insight into this film so let's get rolling with minute 36 here minute 36 starts with shredder bestowing the uh whatever the hell a dragon doji is he's just putting mm-hmm. a headband on his head that's it yeah okay <laughs> he, so he's putting this hat on the foot soldier this this fly goggle hat we'll talk about Good. absurd and <laughs> terminology it it ends with what i am now deeming to be the greatest verbal cliffhanger ever put to film uh especially if you know the line that comes next <laughs> um, so let's get into it this minute. The first question that everyone had, and I have it as well, what the heck is a dragon doji? Yeah, what is a it, doji? Okay, so doji, he's, he's kind of... Here's the thing. Like a lot of these Japanese terms have been over the decades, uh, Americanized, butchered, thrown around, twisted, and and said in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, if you throw in like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Portugal has has beaten the crap out of Portuguese has beaten the crap out of them too. Um, doji 
is uh, it's supposed to be pronounced dogi. Um, like, uh, and, and what they're talking about is the kekogi or as everyone nowadays calls it, just the gi, the training the where okay. ah, that I know what that is. Yeah. Oh, okay. it, 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 um, I mean, unless there's something I'm not getting like, cause I, you know, I haven't been, I haven't spoken Japanese in a long time. I haven't been studying it. Doji doesn't really, it doesn't ring any bells for me as something different. And usually in this context there, it's just somebody mispronouncing training wear. Well, uh, like Keikogi is literally practice wear. <laughs> so I mean, it's not contextually, contextually, I always took doji as like, okay, well it sounds like dojo and yeah. it's something you wear. So it's gotta be like, it's either the headband or the, you know, I always equated it to the headband that he wears. Yeah, I mean, um, that's that's what it seems to be just from, you know, what we're looking at. Now, the the dragon part of it also confused me because I had no idea. I didn't even stop to think about why there would be a dragon affiliated with the Foot Clan. Mm. Like, I sort of, isn't dragon more of like a, I mean, I think of like Chinese. No, but but a lot of Chinese culture was heavily influential on Japanese culture. I can't remember which dynasty it was in particular, but like the samurai and and uh, a lot of like classical Japanese culture is largely lifted from uh, their contemporaneous like uh, the the Chinese dynasty at the time. So like um, whatever twelfth uh, like like around twelfth century China, whatever their 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 culture was, whichever dynasty that was, the samurai culture that became the shogunate culture and what we sort of know and recognize today as Japan was was largely like largely borrowed from that like dragons the chinese style dragons the 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 uh, the taoist dragons you know like the earth dragons river dragons all that stuff was very influential in Japan it's like a big part of 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 what you see there too all right now i did do some research though and this this brings me to the next point looked up dragons and Ninja Turtles. I just Googled dragons. <laughs> There's probably something silly. So this is really interesting. There's an episode of the cartoon Ooh. where the founder of the Foot Clan is mentioned. And it's... Man, I, I'm going to blank on the name right now. Um, but it's, it's an episode of the 80s show. They talk about... The episode is called Blast from the Past. Um, and, uh, oh, Shibana-sama, right? Okay, so Shibana-sama is supposed to be the founder of the Foot Clan, according to the 87 cartoon show. The Archie TMNT Adventures comics, which are all based on the cartoon show, Mm -hmm. also mention this dude, Koji, right? Mm -hmm. Who was, like, a friend of Splinter's, and Koji apparently, like tamed a dragon and then <laughs> stood in the footprint of the dragon and made a speech to a whole bunch of followers and like according to that comic book he founded the foot that's clan. why they're the foot clan because they were oh. in the dragon's footprint but In- interesting in the 2003 cartoon the foot clan logo is like yes it, it almost looks like shredder's helmet but i guess that makes sense that it would be a dragon's footprint and that mm. totally clicked with me i'm like it now huh. i get it that is the footprint of a dragon so the only thing i can think is that somewhere that i have missed in the mythology hmm. the this some dragon foot clan story has taken hold well, in the- because it shows up in the cartoon and in that comic it shows up in this movie i've never heard of it 
anywhere else. Well, and, the, and somehow it made it way it's in, into the 2003 cartoon as a footprint mm-hmm. also. In the 87 cartoon, like the, the, the Foot Clan print is just a human footprint, right? It's a human yeah. footprint. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, so that's that. So that answers the dragon dogie. Now, Adam, uh, I know you have a thought about this minute also, and I can guess that it sounds a little bit like this. Well, this is just Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, he does say, I am your fodder. Uh, fodder. <laughs> oh, my God. I am your fodder. Jonathan, have you ever thought about the parallels between Darth Vader and the Shredder? Uh, no, not not until uh, you guys started talking about it. <laughs> so we mentioned we mentioned last week that like this whole scene is shot very much in a Darth Vadery style, like yeah, t- to the big cape and the 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 shape of the helmet and the the shadowiness, like. And now we just get a straight oh. up Star Wars line. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like the, the a lot of the Star Wars, like um, the armor was designed off of uh, samurai armor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's right. Well, Star Wars was really kind of almost a space parody of, uh, what was it? The well, Hidden Fortress? Not a, not a parody. Right? Not, a, not a parody. Well, I wouldn't it call was it a parody. Emulation is the sincerest form of flattery. He actually, An homage, Yeah, I an guess. homage. He, yeah. he definitely, like, he approached, he approached Toshiro Mifune first about playing Obi-Wan Kenobi, and, and Mifune was like, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, George um, son, I will not. <laughs> so there's, like, a weird family thing happening in there. Jonathan, do you want to talk about your thoughts on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we just take what he says in this minute. So he's talking about things like effort, discipline, loyalty, uh, you know, we are a family, I am your father. Um, and he kind of uh, poses them against things like rejection and freaks. And But it, it's it's funny how all of those things can be applied to both sides that we're seeing here. You know, if you, if you talk about the turtles, that they kind of stand for all the same things. Um, if you take Shredder at his word that he actually stands for those things, then, you know, we're, we're kind of playing both sides here. Um, the, the turtles themselves are, are freaks and they hide because they, they could be rejected and, and they have a father and Shredder has it. And, uh, Hmm. So he's, he's, he's kind of playing on, on a lot of things here. It's almost like there's a light side and a dark side to this whole thing. <laughs> He's definitely doing like, you know, the cult leader sort of, I'm your, fa- you know, I'm your family. Your family's not your family. I have all yeah. the answers. Abandon, abandon the people you knew. Be with me. But I find it really funny that he says the only way you could earn this is through, uh, let's see, what is it? Effort, discipline, Effort. and loyalty. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like in this little layer of child like uh scum and villainy they're all just like smoking cigarettes and gambling and playing pool yeah. and video games i'm like what discipline and loyalty and effort are i i there's a disconnect no, is, there's a lot of effort going on on that skateboard ramp i'd say yeah that's <laughs> true what was his name what name did we give skateboard guy, skateboard last guy? Last kevin maybe remember. i don't remember i remember tiff was he but I don't, I don't, uh, Tiff and Gunner and Joey <laughs> and, and Kevin and other Kevin and, uh. Oh, he was, he was, he was Oliver. Oliver, or Ollie, Ollie, right? Ollie. Ollie. Yes, <laughs> Oliver the Ollie. But anyway, that, Ollie. that sort of brings me to this point too. So, um, we, we're talking about effort, discipline, loyalty. We're talking about 
sort of the lack thereof. But number one, he says money can't buy honor, but apparently stealing a bunch of crap can buy honor. Yeah, that doesn't right. make any sense. <laughs> number two, the kids that are doing the smoking and the drinking and the pool playing and the skateboarding, they're not earning this level of foot clandom, right? They're not quite up to this point. So what does one have to do Start to get to that point of I earning the start dragon Start going doji. to getting your butt kicked class with Tatsu-san. Yeah. Exactly. Also, also the, only, the only Foot Clan soldiers we've seen so far are Japanese. So or it's almost Asian. like, or, or some Asian of some kind. But like, it's almost like none of, the, none of the other kids are really going to get into the Foot yeah. Clan. He seems a little biased. Yeah. That every, is true. I hadn't noticed that yet. But everyone we've seen training is not Asian, I think. Right. Yeah, like that whole Most. training scene. There were there were no Asian kids in that whole room. Like he yeah. brought like a core group with him to start his cult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. interesting. And I it's guess, also interesting. Oh, go ahead, John. Jonathan. I, I just, I guess I always understood it, whether it's right or not. I always understood it that, you know, all these American kids, uh, yeah, they're they're kind of like the next wave. And so... He's kind of timing it right as, you know, as the the current trainees are like graduating or whatever, um, that, that they at least uh, can kind of see what they're getting into. And so he can bring them in at, at a good time. But yeah, as far as like the small time thievery and everything, that that's just to get him in the door. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if the other kids are like, where, where do all these Asian kids come from? Like, they don't <laughs> hang out with us. You know... That like that, that that bit where he's he's getting all serious in his speech and he's like all you know the we have a new enemy and it, like they're interfering with our business and he says <laughs> business so seriously that it yeah, makes it yeah. seem like they're doing something other than petty larceny and burglary. Well, mm-hmm. if you're, I think I might have mentioned this a while ago, and I don't know. We don't get a lot of shredder like modern day shredder backstory or how he functions in normal society on a day-to-day basis in this movie but in the original comic book he runs like a security firm like he's actually in Mm. the community you know when he's not in his you know samurai mask Mm -hmm. um i want go ahead it is conceivable that in this movie that he that he is running a security firm and that they just got all those scenes out it's possible. Yeah, maybe. Um, I want to circle back to something. We were talking about how, how one gets to that level of Foot Clan and, and the, the lack of uh, non-Asian members of the <laughs> upper echelon of the Foot. To jump ahead to Ninja Turtles 2, the only unmasked Foot members that we see in Turtles 2 are white kids, if yeah. I remember correctly. So that, Jonathan, lends some cre- credence to your theory that maybe that's like wave two. Yeah. Um. I also want to point out, like, Danny has the headband. There's another kid in this minute in this shot that has that Foot Clan headband. Mm. Um, so maybe the the doji, dogi, gi doesn't refer to the headband. Maybe it does refer to the whole uniform. Um, but how did Danny – we know that he learns where their lair is. Like, if we – we've all seen the movie. I'm not spoiling anything for anyone. We know that he eventually knows where the turtle's lair is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he one of the people that was a foot soldier, like when they raided and got Splinter? Hmm. Hmm. Like, is he at that level, or did he just know. like talk to one of his buddies and was like, "Hey, you know"? I don't think so. I find it hard to believe. Also, 
He does buddy up to Shredder, or uh, not Shredder, uh, Splinter. Splinter. Splinter later. Yeah. So, so Splinter may have been like, hey, if you need a place to hide, you can use my place. It's in the sewer. <laughs> yeah. You guys need a place to crash. You can stay at my place. <laughs> what a New York City thing to do. I'm going to be out of town for a while. Why don't you just sleep at my place? He's yeah. subletting his underground sewer layer. <laughs> oh, is that on Airbnb? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ew. Uh. Gross. Well, you, the review he's going to get for that is going to be awful. Yeah, but it's probably not the grossest place on Airbnb, to be honest. No. Um <laughs> I also really enjoy in this minute how disgusting they make Splinter look as he's yeah. hanging up oh, against yeah. the so fence. Wet. Very Passion of the Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. He's a, he is a super um, crucified rat in his, in, on his fence of thorns or whatever. But, like, they get his fur all matted, and it almost looks like he's bleeding from places. Like, they did a really he good job is. of roughing up the puppet. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere that... Um, Maybe I weren't talking about this scene, but he looks pretty wet in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read somewhere that that on set they kind of had to like fight about this because uh, you know for the visual they really wanted him to look wet, and I think you know at some point he's crying and they wanted to give him more tears, uh, but the the puppeteers were kind of fighting against that because the chemicals or the water or whatever they were using Ooh, would actually gonna would actually deteriorate the. Uh, the latex and the, the costume. Oh. oh, that sounds like something legitimate. Well, Adam, you worked with puppets, right? Yeah, it, there's there's a couple different kind of trains of thought when working with puppets. I, I, I've heard of puppeteers use like wearing rubber gloves inside of a puppet. Like there, there are people that get that kind of um, like super careful. Protective. We, Protective, that's the word I'm looking for. We weren't no. <laughs> on, on, on our, our project. No. Ours was way more punk rock than that. There, there's, a, there's a puppet that looks like a big giant marshmallow, and I think by the end of it, he was like brown. Well, he, that's still, they still use the same Harry. Really? Like, even, wow. even now Harry? in season two. Yes, his name was Harry. I was I was the puppeteer in Harry for yeah. a while. He's, he looks like a marshmallow. He does not he's... smell great on the inside. No, he's really dirty. <laughs> I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> and and Artie for a while too was looking real rough around the edges. Yeah. His, his eyes were made of styrofoam, but they had Artie? like dents in them, so it made him look like he had like cataracts almost. <laughs> but they've since rebuilt everybody but Harry. Oh. Um. Cool. But yeah, I mean, so, if you're not if you're not careful, that they're gonna. You're right; they kind of do deteriorate, especially if it's latex. Yeah, latex just kind of dissolves over time. Mm. And I mean, we see that with the the turtles when they're walking through the sewer in the very first minute of this movie, or like the second or third minute, somewhere in that first week when they had their little white booties on. Yeah. And we talked mm-hmm. about that. A couple oh, that weeks makes ago sense. Too. Like I I remember um, uh, on my uh, my first date with my wife, we went to the uh, to the American History Mu- the Smithsonian Hi- uh, Museum of American History. I mm, uh, mm-hmm. like it back in two thousand eight, like back just after it reopened. And down in the basement, they had like a little pop culture section, and there was like a display for uh, it was like in a section on radiation and about how radiation had permeated pop culture and like you know Spider Man this and like you know uh, how how shoe salesmen had access to X ray machines and were x-raying kids feet you know which was a terrible idea but then there was also a bit like uh, on mutation and genetics and there was a little display where they had one of the original teenage mutant ninja turtle puppets standing up and i have a a terrible picture of it in my Flickr. and beth and i like we saw it and like these little kids next to us were like what is that 
<laughs> and we like we like bonded on our first date about how this little whippersnapper did not recognize the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Can and you share was... that in our show notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll send you guys a link that. to that. And and it was kind of it was a little deteriorated. It was kind of obvious that it had kind of withered over the years. Aw, yeah. that's sad. Like a like that a, same museum like had a bunch of the early anthropomorphic turtle mummy. I mean, not that bad, <laughs> yeah. but you know, um, I, I should that probably. That same museum also had some of the original Muppets in it too. I, they had like some I of the salmon. They, they friends. still have them. Yeah, the like Kermit that was made out of like a sweater that Jim Henson's mom made for him. Aw. I, I should probably actually plug Welcome to Anadonia. The, the, uh, this weird yeah, what ominous is this thing? You just gave us like a bunch of character names, and I'm like, yeah. what, what is well, this? Well, you've made us wait this long. So. <laughs> well, it's it's it, this project I used to I, I worked on a while back. I actually wrote the original pilot, but they've kind of gone in a different direction. The production values kind of skyrocketed, especially with this uh, season they're working on now. Mm. But it's called Welcome to Anadonia. It's hard to spell. Uh, we'll put it in the show. We'll notes. put it in the show notes. Yeah. But yeah, check it out. It's 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 weird. It's it, it, it's been described as uh, a kind of like a punk rock puppet show, almost sitcom. Well, it was originally a sitcom. <laughs> now it's kind of more freeform. It's yeah. it's interesting. Go check it out. Excellent. And shout out to the guys at Monkey Boys. Yay. Yeah, to those guys. Um, so I guess two other things that I want to bring up, and then we can sort of see if anyone has any final thoughts on this minute as we approach the end. One, from a, a, a cinematography standpoint, again, th- why is Shredder lit like a 1980s soap opera? Oh, God. <laughs> That's just that 90s He's lighting. so shiny. Like- yeah. He's so shiny it, and glossy and, and it's, shiny. It's so soft, though. He looks like he's in, like, an old-school Maybelline commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it was just to uh, highlight his uh, his ornaments, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is it is a nice, uh, softly lit. It's not really... It's probably a really like that you call them his ornaments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a really grainy film stock, too, like a really high ISO that's kind of... Yeah, because it almost makes the picture hard to see. I mean, this transfer from, um, I mean, it's I'm looking at the DVD transfer, and even the Blu-ray transfer is not great when I look at it. No, it is not. Because they've never gone back and done anything with this movie, which is a crime. Mm. Um, Maybe we can raise some awareness through this podcast to try to get a halfway (laughs) decent version out there. But yeah, it is. It's just not a great digital representation and i can only imagine what it looked like back on film in a theater also well well going um, going back to to splinter and splinter being wet um what moist moist damn uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but what what made that such a, a great um uh photographic uh decision i guess why they were kind of fighting for it is because it it's such a dark shot and it give the the water on the puppet kind of gives it a little bit of a gleam or a little bit of a kind of yeah. sparkle to it so you can I actually imagine, kind of see splinter a little better i imagine he looks a lot more cute and fluffy when he's dry also <laughs> yeah. like not quite rat like right um and then I guess the last point that I want to hit in this minute is the uh, um, the the last line that Shredder's talking about. These. These new creatures. <laughs> these. So, so like, and then these we, what? Oh Gophers? My God. Hamsters. Raccoons. 
these. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers. You don't even get you don't even get the first letter of the next word. You get yeah. nothing. You just get these. And it's this such a gravelly delivery. We'll just have to wait just, till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. To guys, I, I don't know if I can make it that long. It's I'm, I'm so, so much what, tension. What, what would he say? What, what what could he possibly be saying? These what? Uh, I like raccoons myself. Yeah, I like raccoons. Raccoons are way more ninja like than turtles anyway. Oh, why wasn't there Teenage Mutant Ninja Raccoons? I would have watched that. They're Isn't probably that just Guardians was. of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, but right. it's one raccoon. I want a team of raccoons. That would be adorable. And Rocket's not much of a ninja. He's more of a blow a hole through the wall and kill everyone. And he keeps inside. saying he's not a raccoon. Like he's <laughs> clearly a raccoon. <laughs> Um, wasn't there a team, sh- a t- team cheese and talk a little bit for a change, <laughs> would you? Wasn't there a cartoon in the 80s called The Raccoons with like, uh, I don't know if I they remember. were anthropomorphic. I don't remember that. I yeah, do remember uh, Samurai Pizza Cats, though. <laughs> the raccoons. I don't know if anyone else would remember that. And there were a couple different animated I shows. I do remember koalas. Samurai Pizza Cats. There were a lot of koalas. There was a team of cats. SWAT cats? SWAT cats. cats. Yes, I remember SWAT Guys. cats too. Hmm. The uh, Raccoons is a Canadian animated series which was originally broadcast from 85 to 92. What? Uh, revolves around Bert Raccoon and married couple Ralph and Melissa raccoon of whom Bert is a friend and roommate the series mostly involved the trio's efforts against the industrialist forces of greedy aardvark millionaire Cyril Sneer I'm gonna (laughs) shoot you guys a link to this and you're gonna see it and you're gonna go Oh, yeah, and actually, I want to do that on air. I'm going to send you guys the link, (laughs) and I just want you to look at it, and I want to hear the reaction on microphone as you guys open this up and you see the picture, and then you just, you, you, you give us your natural reaction, so we're just going to listen for this. What? Uh, I, no I don't remember this. That is not the reaction I was hoping to get. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you really put it out there. You put it on the line. Wow. Man. I teed that up and it fell right off the teeth. I watched no. Didn't no even get to swing. Whatsoever. No. I watched right, a lot of cartoons mind. in my day. I don't remember that one at all. No. <laughs> not that one. Well, for our Canadian listeners, I'll put the link in the show notes. But hey, but Samurai Pizza Cats, at least. I do I got, remember Samurai Pizza Cats. Street Sharks was another one. Yeah. Was awesome. a weird biker mice from Mars. Did you, biker did you mice say Biker Mice from Mars? Biker yeah, Mice okay. from Mars, yes. And Bucky O'Hare. Yeah. Bucky Bucky, O'Hare. Oh, Bucky O'Hare. I remember Bucky a lot O'Hare. Of, uh, Sentient animals solving crime and we liked our anthropomorphism back in the eighties and nineties. Anthropomorphism. I feel like Um, the turtles had a hand in that. Like like every other marketing firm or TV producer out there was like, This turtles thing is is kicking off. What can we do that's just And encourage more furries slash Gailies? (laughs) Like just barely different from the turtles, but still just the same idea. I'm sorry, is Scalies a thing? I think so, yeah. (laughs) It is now. Oh. Oh, dear. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, I'm done for the day, guys. How about you? Okay, yeah, yeah, I think so. Wait, uh, no one's going to mention Sam Rockwell hanging out in the background? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we did talk about that last minute, but yeah, he's still there. Like, what, what position does he hold in this organization? Yeah, and why is he so prominent in this shot? Like, he's right in the middle. Do you think he's like community outreach coordinator? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like he's, he's like the chief of recruitment. He's their social media manager. <laughs> social media. 
<laughs> he's he's kind of in charge of you know all the new crew, I guess you could say. So so I, I think uh, the white boy crew for Shredder, but I think he maybe he's got some deals in the works with Shredder that uh, that this is his new crew coming in, and uh, you know maybe he's trying to make sure that everything's working what? out for him. Oh, okay. here's a theory. Can I float a theory? Mm-hmm. Float it. So in several other iterations of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there's this street gang, the Purple Dragons. I was right? I was I was on that same track just now. Oh, well, okay. So what if Sam Rockwell is like the head of the Purple Dragons, which have now been absorbed into the Foot Clan by this oh. point? When this movie takes place, they've already sort of their little turf war has ended, and the Shredder and the Dragons have just sort of decided, like, well, we're just going to work together because we can do more damage that way, huh? A merger acquisition kind of a thing. Yeah, kind of a hostile takeover. Right. Do you think there were lawyers involved? <laughs> I think probably not. No. <laughs> Although, if I were going to trust anyone against a deadly samurai warrior with knives on his arms, I would I would go for a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. need like one of those uh, shark the litigators. Blood sucking lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but no, it's a good point. It's it's interesting that Sam Rockwell does sort of. I mean, realistically. He was an actor who was a warm body that they could fill a room with. Yeah. Canon-wise, it's up for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I like the the Purple Dragons theory. I think that's a good one. Yeah, it ties the universe together a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other thoughts on minute number 36 before we move on? Uh, I was only thinking about the, the color of their headbands, um, and I realize, uh, knowing the history of the Turtles, that it the color doesn't really matter, but uh, also in the 80s we had Karate Kid, and so you know Karate was on everyone's uh, on my on mind, and so you you know in Karate I don't know much about it, but I know that you've got different colored belts the higher you go, but on the Foot Clan all I see are the red color. So does, mm. does that mean well, that nobody's advancing, or is the red the color of like the red dragons or? Okay, um, here, here's one of the things. Um, in the States, uh, people, um, like, it's really common for people to have lots of different colored belts. You go to a school and you'll see white, yellow, green, blue, purple, um, brown, black, red, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of different colors, lots of different things, especially in, like, karate and taekwondo, the big ones in the 80s. Um, and uh, in some schools now, that's, that's like, less of a thing. But in Japan, um, while I was there, like, the in Japan, like, the belt system, like, uh, judo created the sort of the modern belt system as we know it, um, which is, is, again, used very differently in the States. But over in Japan, the, the idea is that a black belt is sort of like uh, a... a capable journeyman you're you're you are you're a good student you're able to work on your own you can you can independently study um and and you're you're competent you're not going to hurt yourself or anybody else by accident only on purpose um so when i went over there i was a white belt in judo um because i'd only done it a couple of months but i also had years of experience in wrestling and brazilian jiu-jitsu um and and when i got there i got to the judo class and everybody was a black belt Everyone, hmm. which in oh, the that's states, gotta be intimidating. Yeah, yeah. With my with my original perception, and like the the judo class back at OSU that I went to every once in a while, there was one black belt, a bunch of white belts, a couple of green belts, and blue, etc. Um, but in this class, all black belts. And I noticed something like when I went to the other Japanese like martial arts classes, kendo, uh, kajukenbo, kempo, um, uh, aikido. 
so many black belts, a couple of white belts, but mostly black belts. And uh, I went ahead and, and, you know, I joined the judo class and it was like three hours of sparring. It was like, it was three hours of flow, throw the foreign kid on his head. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, but like after a couple of weeks of this, they're like, Hey, uh, you should go ahead and do the test. And I'm like, what do you mean? Do the test. And he's like, yeah, you should get your black belt. And I'm like, uh, excuse me? And didn't that's, I just get here? Yeah, it's like, didn't I just get here? They're like, no, I mean, you're, you know, you're competent. You know, you're not getting smashed. You know, we're Jesus, throwing, we're I must be around. really good. And I was like, well, no, no, that's the thing. Is like, I, I, I demurred from the offer. I was like, I don't want to do that because I didn't want to go back to the states with it because I realized in my time there that they meant very different things. Like in the states, if you walk in with a black belt, everybody's like, okay, you, you run the class, you're good, you're a high level guy. But over there, it's kind of like, no, you've just been doing it long enough that you're you're competent. So mm. I imagine that like you know that that everybody having the same sort of uh, the color headband and again the the ranking headband thing. I I don't think that's actually indicative of rank. It's just you get this, you get to wear it. But if they do have some sort of indication of their their relative ranks, uh, it's probably m- very subtle, and there's probably not much of it. Uh, it it's, reminds it's sort of me like you of, hit a certain level. Shredder says you're good enough to go out in the street wearing this this outfit and like mug reporters, and that's <laughs> it. Sounds like punishment well, in and of itself. Is there is there in the Foot Clan anyway? Is there any evidence that there's any next level? Mm, no. Yeah, the, the there's foot, not a lot of difference between any of the the Foot soldiers that we've seen. Nobody so gets far. to be a mini boss, but Tatsu Tatsu. Mm. And yeah, and, he's about uh, the only Tatsu and Shredder are about the only two that look any different. Yeah. And well, I, I don't think it plays out any differently in the other movies. And I don't think that in the TV show there were any like sort of in, standout ninjas, standout no, clan ninjas. In the comic robots, books, but. there are a few. They're called Shredder's Elite ah. uh, Guard or something like that. And they're His immortals. Kind of. Um,. And they're almost, I think they're like mutants or mystical or something. There's some other aspect of their characters. But yeah, there's not a whole lot of room for uh, advancement in the Foot Clan, I think. Also, uh, the Foot Clan ninjas were just kind of cannon fodder. Like, Mm. you Mm -hmm. don't really see one or two of them. You usually see a swarm of them, like this cloud of ninjas. Like, Uh, like you almost expect a guy with a gun that just shoots ninjas out of it. (laughs) Yeah, what is that that trope, the inverse ninja rule? Like, if you're facing facing dozens and dozens and dozens of ninjas, then each ninja is like a complete pushover. You're going to be able to kill him, kill the next guy, kill the next one, kill the next one. But... If you're being stalked by a single ninja, that yeah. one ninja is such a badass. You were gonna have a you're, you're in for a, a hell of a fight. Also, that single swarm ninja of ninjas would be will... a great band name. What's that? I said single ninja would be a great band single name. Single ninja. <laughs> also, the, all the, the s- single ninjas, all the single ninjas, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the swarm of ninjas always fight you one at a time. Yeah. Like they they line up to fight you. That's I always thought that courtesy. was funny. Um. Yeah, so Foot Clan, not a uh, a great career opportunity as far as (laughs) promotions are concerned. No, Um, I think that probably wraps wraps us up for this minute, right, guys? Mm -hmm. And girl? Yep, yep. Okay. (laughs) Dudes and dudettes. Dudes and dudettes. Major League butt kicking is out (laughs) for the night. We are going to go away, and we will catch you guys back on Tuesday with minute number 37 with us and our host, Jonathan Carlisle. We will see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Have a nice Monday. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.
Cowabunga. 